The man's shrill voice bounced off the brick walls, lost amidst the warren of gaslit back streets. Bitch! I cut your nose off, you bitch! She glanced back down the alley she'd just darted into to see a dark shadow cast by a lamp slowly rise up the wall opposite. It loomed and wobbled, and then finally she saw the man's lurching outline as he passed by, not giving the dark alley a second glance. She listened to his slurred voice slowly recede as he staggered on, each new promised threat of mutilation growing fainter, each scraping footstep more distant. Finally sure she wasn't going to have to run again, she slumped against a wall, almost immediately feeling its clammy dampness through the thin material of her shawl. Mary hunkered down to a tired squat, all of a sudden robbed of the adrenaline that had helped her escape. This time. And in the dark space she was sharing with a stream of shit, and with the light tapping of feet nearby of countless rats, she allowed tears to tumble down her cheeks. Thruppence. This for just a thruppenny bit. She couldn't imagine for one moment what her parents would make of the pitiful wretch she was now, a girl with convent schooling, a girl who once upon a time wrote home weekly, a clever, bonny girl who enjoyed Austen, Dickens, even Mrs. Beaton, and loved playing a few of Gilbert and Sullivan's easier parlour ballads on the school's upright piano. A young woman who had managed to talk herself into that job with such a wealthy, prestigious family. And now, in five short years, she had fallen from being the bright young girl from the Welsh valleys with dreams and goals to being this twilight creature squatting in shit. This thing that offered to lift her skirts to any man for a quick fuck for no more than thruppence. Often she couldn't bring herself to do it. On some occasions, with a man too drunk to manage it, she could get away with her modest fee by doing little more than tolerating several poorly aimed prods. Sometimes, clamping her thighs tightly around a probing member, she could fool a drunk man into thinking he'd made penetration and wipe the semen from her stockings later on. But occasionally, as on this occasion, her John was less drunk than she'd thought and quite well aware of some of the tricks tarts at the cheaper end of the market were prepared to pull to dodge their part of the contract. This one had quickly realized in the darkness that she was presenting him with nothing more than the tops of her bare thighs, and had angrily pulled a knife on her. Mary ran, taking the coin he'd paid, for services yet to be properly rendered, with her. Mary, Mary, quite contrary, how does your little song go? She replied with nothing more than a mewling whimper. She knew that one of these nights she wasn't going to be able to escape. One of these nights she was going to end up like the prone form further back down the alleyway, another bundle of threadbare clothes lying in a drainage ditch, ignored, not missed by anyone, forgotten. All this for thruppence. The price of a spoon of laudanum, a little alchemy, a little dose of cheer. She wiped a string of snot from the end of her nose and the tears from her blotchy cheeks. She needed another couple of customers before the last business of the night was gone. Two more, and she'd be able to buy some scran as well. Mary pulled herself to her feet and began to pick her way carefully towards the far end of the alley, where faint amber blooms of flickering gaslight promised a little more business. She was about to step out into the wider street 
still a narrow back road, but at least wide enough to have its own grime-encrusted signpost, Argyle Street, when she heard a low moan. Light pooled beneath two gas lamps and faded away across drizzle-wet cobblestones into darkness. On the periphery of faint light, she thought she could make out the huddled form of someone, a man by the timbre of his keening voice sitting on his haunches, rocking backwards and forwards with his head in his hands. The clocks had chimed midnight nearly an hour ago, and the public houses were all but emptied now. Dock workers and market traders had stumbled back home to their anxious wives, Dutch and Norwegian sailors back to their moored ships. The only potential customers she was likely to find left were connoisseurs, men who knew exactly what they wanted from a tart and were sober enough to make sure they got their money.